You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. Palm Sunday. Let's talk about the vehicle of a donkey. Hi, I'm Ken Hunter, the Church Doctor, sharing with you for this Palm Sunday, this Holy Week, all about Jesus and the donkey. This is the message rarely heard about Jesus' ride into Jerusalem on what has become known as Palm Sunday. It is a message that, if properly understood, will liberate you and your church to effectively reach people for Jesus. If it's ignored, it cripples the mission of the Christian faith. I hope I have your attention. <laughs> On Palm Sunday, millions of faithful believers will hear about Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. The road is lined with the growing crowds responding for hope of deliverance. Each year, it's a big day for Christ followers around the globe. Palm Sunday launches what has become known as Holy Week. It ends in the sacrificial death of Jesus and the triumphant resurrection we call Easter. Now, embedded in this week of holiness is a profound message for every church. The undeniable benefits from the vehicles God uses to reach people and the liabilities of those vehicles when they no longer work. All right, let's talk about it. Jesus on a donkey. Jesus could have just walked into Jerusalem as a king, uh, the king of the universe. You think he would arrange a chariot or at least a white stallion. I heard the story once of a young pastor preaching his first Palm Sunday sermon. The church was packed with worshipers, the size of which the preacher hadn't seen since last Christmas Eve. As he began his message, this young preacher said, Palm Sunday, Jesus enters Jerusalem riding on his ass. <laughs> well, uh, when you think about it, it wasn't a huge blunder. I mean, Jesus was sitting on his, well, you know. Actually, Jesus was fulfilling a prophecy from Zechariah 9.9, where it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, daughters of Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on an ass, on a colt. The foal of an ass comes from Matthew 21, verse 5, and originally from Zechariah 9, 9. Some modern translations try to clean up that language. They translate, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble and rides on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. All right, whatever. Well, the story isn't about the animal anyway. The concept is that Jesus is triumphant, but humble. 
He is not your normal superstar hero. He is just <laughs> the greatest, most important hero in eternity. He doesn't come to politically rule. His value is so much more than that. Yeah, you'll likely hear about the triumphant cheering, the palm branches, and the worship of this King of Kings on Palm Sunday. And so you should. It's a big part of faith. Who Jesus really is. How genuine. How down to earth. And down from heaven. It's amazing. The ass, uh, the donkey, uh, the colt, whatever you call it, doesn't get much attention in most churches. Yet, according to that prophet Zechariah, and Matthew, and Mark, and Luke, and John, the donkey, or colt, or ass, is a key element not to be overlooked whenever and wherever this story is told. And by the way, did you know that every single donkey anywhere in the world throughout history is born with a cross on its back. Imagine that. Coincidental? I don't think so. The donkey is a vehicle. It's great that on Palm Sunday we celebrate the cheers and praises of the crowd. It's a form of worship before most of those people had a clue of what was to come by the following Friday, and they certainly could never have fathomed Easter at that point. I propose we add a day to the church calendar. We need to dedicate a celebration day for the donkey, the ass, the colt. Why? Because that animal teaches us a lesson that excels the Great Commission or cripples it. You see, for Jesus, the donkey is a vehicle. The ass sends a message. This cult defines effectiveness or the demise of the mission of every Christian, every church, every denomination, and every parachurch organization. Why? Because we all use vehicles, just like Jesus did. They are the mechanisms that plant, nurture, and grow people like you and me to be movers and shakers in God's kingdom. That animal, that vehicle, is a metaphor that moved Jesus, not just into Jerusalem, but into your neighborhood, into your world. You see, vehicles matter. They are tools. They move the mission. They are not the message. They carry the message. Yet they are not external. They are transitory. They are not the master. They are the servants. Yet the right vehicles make or break the effectiveness of the mission. They clarify or corrupt the message. And the truth Vehicles change. If Jesus were entering your town today, would he ride a donkey or come by car? 
or on television, or DVD, or podcast, or blog post. If Jesus came to your house riding on an ass, your reaction would likely be, that's weird. Well, your church, and you as a Christian, you have vehicles. Look, donkeys aren't sacred. That donkey on the first Palm Sunday wasn't holy. That colt was a vehicle. We don't worship donkeys, yet we easily slip into worshiping, or at least make important, our delivery vehicles. We perpetuate vehicles that don't transport the Savior well. In fact, many of them roadblock Jesus' path. Oh, yeah, but they feel warm and fuzzy to many believers who ride them. Why are so many churches in North America built to look like miniature European cathedrals? It's because early Christian immigrants had a mindset. That's the way we always did it. Still today, these facilities send a message. God is old, foreign, and out of date, and very likely European. Winston Churchill once said, We shape our buildings, and then they shape us. If your building is dated, it dates Jesus. Don't kid yourself. The message? Irrelevant. Old. Out of date. You might as well ride a donkey to church. Wave to your astonished, unbelieving neighbors and marginalize the mission of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Oh, but you wouldn't want to do that. Why do so many churches have bell towers? Can you find bell towers in the Bible? Actually, several hundred years ago, the church was the center place of every village, every town, every city in Europe. News traveled by people. It was transmitted through the local churches. The townspeople were notified by the ringing of the bell. There's news to be heard. Gather at the church. We'll share the news. Translate that to today, and you would build a giant smartphone to put in your churchyard. And in this century, it would be as nonsensical as a bell tower. You see, vehicles change, and old vehicles send a message irrelevant. Consider churches that have pews. Ah, now I'm meddling, I know. When have you been into a restaurant or theater that has pews? Or what about words? What about the words thee and thou? Is Jesus a Shakespearean actor? What about dress codes of some pastors leading worship? What about music styles? Is this stuff sacred? Does this represent Jesus as relevant to every person alive on the planet Earth today? You see, the medium becomes a message. 
When Jesus rode the ass, donkey, colt into Jerusalem, what was the signal? What did it communicate? First, it was to fulfill, fulfill the prophecy that faithful Jews recognized as a pretty big deal. Secondly, it communicated humility to those in that city at that time in history. It signaled that Jesus, true God, is also true man, among us, believable and touchable. Several decades ago, a guy by the name of Marshall McLuhan and his co-author, Quentin Fuhr, set out to write a book focused on the impact of good communication. They wanted to highlight the value of the medium and how it impacts the message. As the story goes, they chose this title, The Medium is the Message. However, when the publisher sent the proofread copy to the authors to sign off, they realized that the title was accidentally changed. It read, The Medium is the Massage. The authors decided to leave that as the title. Why? Because the medium massages the message. It slowly and subtly and softly remolds the message, corrupts the message, sends the wrong message. So, this is why most Christ followers don't have to learn Hebrew and Greek, as I did in college and seminary. Even in modern Israel and Greece, those languages have changed over the centuries. It is why the Bible, even in English, has been translated and updated over and over again through the centuries. It's just the way it communicates. The objective is not to worship old words, but to communicate God's love in Jesus in the heart language of people today. The heart language is the language people dream in and make love in. So, if you are married and love your spouse, try this at home when you go to bed. When the lights are out, lean over, hug your spouse, and say, I love thee. And then reflect. How does that work out for you? You see, the medium does send a message. One of the greatest challenges facing every Christian, every church, in every decade, is to effectively reach others who desperately need the love and forgiveness of Jesus. In Jesus' day, on that first Palm Sunday, the donkey worked. If Jesus appeared today in New York City, he would likely be in a cab or an Uber. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And you can believe that. You can take it to the bank. However, never confuse Jesus with the vehicles that feel warm and fuzzy because you've always done it that way. Jesus, with all his power, will not ride well into the hearts of your kids, your grandkids, 
on a donkey. The Bible story about Palm Sunday is not wrong. The way you deliver it makes all the difference. Perpetuate past vehicles and you lose. You lose your kids. You lose your grandkids. You lose your town, city, state. You lose your country. You will lose your church. What do you worship on Palm Sunday? Jesus, who is always the same, or the vehicles that carry the good nose back when, but change with every generation. I'm Ken Hunter, founder of Church Doctor Ministries. We are dedicated to helping Christians and churches become more effective to reach lost people for Jesus. Are you with me? Have a great Palm Sunday. Have a wonderful Easter. Jesus is alive, and he's as strong and relevant today as that first Palm Sunday. You have been listening to Kent Hunter's Prescriptions from a Church Doctor, presented by Church Doctor Ministries. If you've liked this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to hear future episodes. Check out Kent Hunter's new book, Restoring Civility, Lessons from the Master, available at Amazon.com.